Welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast. It is Monday and we are rescuing the art of homemaking from the oh-so-ever-present, very ever-present daily grind. Looks like some hot pink, pink lips today. No denim jumpers. I am Angela Reed of uh, Parisian Farm Girl and I am joined by the show's co-host, Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead. And we are two mm, work-at-home, stay-at-home, farm-at-home <laughs> moms uh, spinning, and out of, spinning a lot of plates and committed to this idea that homemaking is an art. And we would like to rally all the homemakers in the world and encourage you twice a week here on the show, Mondays and Thursdays. How are you, my friend? Pretty good. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm running like 152 miles a minute. You're like, pretty good. No, that's how I feel. I'm like a dot com on the surface, but um, underneath. If I'm going to be honest, we did some schooling this morning, and then I set my older children off with a list to self-fulfill, and I just had to go outside to remember that I was a living human being and not just somebody who does laundry and teaches arithmetic for a living so yeah <laughs> yeah i um had a day like that recently where mm-hmm. a child said to me would you like to go become a human in other words would you like to go put your makeup on get out of your pajamas mm-hmm. what do you mean it's only ten forty-five. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> on the third subject and cleaning up the kitchen what what are you talking yes. about oh yes. yeah That's just a bit, I think it's just a bit tricky, you know, we're in week four now of school and are you really? Yeah. Just. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, week three for us. Yep. Yeah. It's just thick and it's, uh, it's so good. It's, it's so good, but it's just so hard. And I mean, isn't that true regardless of if you're homeschooling your kids or if you're just working a regular job or, I mean. We've all got hard circumstances right. in different ways. Right. We've all got the stuff, the work that's ahead of us that we don't necessarily want to do, even if we do, or work that's hard to do, even if we do want to do it. Um, you know, I think it's just part of being human. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> uh, it's, um, yeah. I I got to tell you, though, the... The routine that the homeschool schedule is firmed up, that summertime sloppiness that we were enjoying so much, we've talked about on the show. Uh, it's pretty incredible, though, because by 11, you're like, I have like done a lot and it feels yeah. very good. Mm-hmm. And you just, you know, I go at that pace till about Thursday at two and then it's everything just feels so sweet Yeah, on Friday and Saturday and Sunday, like. I earned this and there's this um, pressure off. So normal things just feel magnificent because that pressure isn't there. Mm -hmm. You know, I do know what you mean. Yeah. My week is stretched. I feel like more into like a six day week than a four day week. Um, (laughs) So because it turns out my homeschool week. Oh, yeah. When you're schooling, I'm like, well, then I'm not. Uh, which is, by the way, what we're going to talk about today on the podcast. We're going to talk about fall on the farm. Yeah, because when we you're have schooling, to, you're not falling. When you're not, yeah, you're anywhere not online answering emails or filling art orders or like, right. you're not doing any of your other work. So that's very much pushed into morning and night slash 
weekends or Friday afternoons once mm-hmm. we're done. Um, and I think that that is kind of just where the adjustment sits. Yeah. So, yeah, I could really, you know. really go in for two Saturdays. Oh, I mean, I Ugh. talk about feeling calm and peaceful. <laughs> I can't imagine two Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. So, um, yes, it's fall on the farm. Yes. And I'm anxious to talk about this because there's a lot going on. It's a special time. It's kind of the culmination of everything that we work for, but I think we should celebrate. Yes. With a little glass of wine. Okay. So. Okay. I will cue the wine music then. Okay. Mr. Elliot, if you could please cue in the wine music here. This is the part of the podcast before we dive into what we're going to talk about, uh, where we encourage you to just pour a glass of dry farm wines with us. If this is your first time to the podcast, uh, we encourage you to pour a glass with us. Uh, Visit dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. And that's where you can get clean, biodynamic, non-commercially yeasted, no garbage wines delivered to your doorstep. In fact, I was just outside and my UPS driver brought me my box, my 12 bottles of dry farm wines, six reds, six whites, which is the subscription that I choose. But you can do a one-time order if you want to just give them a try or you can have them ship monthly. Anyway, so he's got the 12 bottles in one arm and the three bubblies in the other. And he just looks at me and he's like, you're over 21, right? <laughs> I was like, what do you think, man? Just give, give it, it over. to me. Put it on the doorstep. He's like, and then he goes, he was really sweet. He's like, do you need me to carry it inside for you? I'm like, listen, man, I got this. I've okay. been lifting. <laughs> I can do this. I can't lift my own wine. I can't drink it. <laughs> exactly. Where there's right. a will, there is a way. And, uh, you know, we desire to drink dry farm wines because they genuinely are delicious. They're going to change your wine palate to want something very clean and, frankly, it's alive. It's not pasteurized. It's not homogenized. There's no commercial anything. It's just the live grape smooshed with whatever smooshed. yeast is on that grape. It's a really beautiful way to celebrate winemaking. So dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. And with your first order of reds or whites or bubbles or whatever it is that you choose, you'll get an extra bottle for just a penny in your first box. So make sure you use that link. Yes, and you know what I'm going to say. The holidays are right around the corner. So for our current customers, double up a few times here and there. So you've got inventory for hostess presents Mm -hmm. and uh, impromptu and planned festivities. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do that. I wish mine was on my doorstep. Yeah. Do you want to ask me what I'm sipping? I do because I don't have one sitting Okay. I do. Feel sorry for (laughs) me. (laughs) Okay. You're going to love this one. I'm not ready to tear it up. Sipping. Okay, so I made a risotto last night and pulled this white wine out because I just feel like you need white wine with a beautiful white risotto. Anyway, so it has, my kids were very um, excited because it has Adam and Eve and the serpent on the front. Oh, look at that. Was it like an etching? Engraving. Covered. Yeah. Parts tactfully covered. Well, appropriately okay. placed fig leaves, grape leaves, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Okay. It's called Le Vigne. Wait for it. <laughs> Muscadet Sèvre and Montiel Soli. Domaine Lune Papine. I swear it gets worse every week. 
It's gonna get better. Here we go. <laughs> Situated between the Goulaine, Sèvres, and Mon River in the beginning of the Armonican Massif, Domaine Lune Papin owes its history <laughs> to two united families of vine growers, the Lunius from the village of Le Londres and the Papins from Le Chapelle Hulin. Today, the domain is cultivated in organic and biodynamic farming. Okay. You're welcome. You deserve a glass after <laughs> My that. My eyes are bleeding after that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I wanted to share this one with you because we poured it and both of us were like, holy cow, it is so really? full bodied and the oh, really I want that the really interesting thing about it is that i i sound like i know maybe what i'm talking about when i say this i really don't but it smells the nose on it is vanilla and i was Ooh. like whoa this smells almost like a sweet soda bread or something of the sort it okay. doesn't taste necessarily like that but it's full bodied absolutely absolutely delicious Le Ven. What does that mean? V-E-R-G-E-R. V-E-R-G-E-R. I don't know. Le Ven. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I don't know. It, okay. I should well, know. There you have it. Whew, that was a good one. So I'm going to have a little drink of that. Actually, I don't have a wine glass. Oh, well, you'll just chug it from the bottle. Like that stopped me before. Oh, it means orchard. Duh. Okay, the orchard. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I had a, a French lesson this morning at oh. seven. Good for Just you. Saying. It's pretty awesome. I might need to do that. Mm. <laughs> no, no. Just wine words, please. I only Just want wine the wine words. words. Orchard. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. You know I'll what's so this. funny is like you can say something that to your ear, like to a French person, you can say something to your ear that's like, it's close, okay? Yeah. And they will look at you like they have zero clue as to what you're saying. I'm like, come on. You, you know what? You that know. kind of makes me mad. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Surely. Because I, you know, I have uh, had a lot of friendships and relationships where broken English was involved. No matter how rough it was, I knew what they were trying to say. Yeah. Sometimes with the French, I'm like, really? You really don't even have a clue? <laughs> You're, come on. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm sure I've told you this story, but I always think about, you, you do, you get your point across in some way. And even if you don't understand, like if they don't understand the conjugation of a verb, right? Or if they're saying like, to go to market or what? And you're like, yeah, okay. I generally understand what you're saying. You don't need to understand how to conjugate to go for me to understand the gist of what you're saying. Right. Right. But I remember being in Spain and having this conversation with a hotel owner, trying to explain to him that I was at, I was delayed at a train station, but I, I would be there and please don't lock the doors because I'm coming. And the only thing I could think to say was voy, like I go a la once, which means I go at 11. <laughs> I was like, here's my name. I go at 11. <laughs> and he got the gist. He stayed see, up and he mean. waited. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like, you just work it out. 
Yeah. You figure it out. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Uh, well, here's the thing. My okay. summer kitchen is covered in onions. Okay. There yes. are onions everywhere. They're falling on the ground in the pea gravel. Some were left out in the rain, and I had to go get them. They're crispy. They're messy. I don't feel like braiding them. I've made about four braids so far. I probably have half a day of braiding to do. And that's my current status right now. Onions. <laughs> I know this, this is a late later harvest. than the rest. Yeah. That's, well, I'm later anyways. So... So why don't you want to braid them? You put all that work into growing them. Um, I don't want to braid all. I don't want to do all the work. I like braiding onions. But after about the third braid, I'm like, are we done yet? Yeah. And there is a mountain, like just rows of wide basil that needs to be picked. And that's another thing I will confess I don't enjoy doing. Yeah. Because I don't like, I try to be really particular about the stems for pesto. And so there's that's tedious. I don't like tedious things. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Fall on the farm. <laughs> it's you're tired. You're tired. And yeah. it's like the climax. And it's not a good time for the climax because you're tired. <laughs> stop it. You're stop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm serious. I there is so much like your onions mm. where you're mm-hmm. like, I have worked for, since February for this moment. Right. And I yeah. guess I'll just go watch Netflix because I'm tired. <laughs> but I'm in a bin. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, just give them to the chickens. No, no, no. not the onions. They're precious. But no, but I know you get genuinely, yeah. though, you get tired. At this time yeah. of the year. So I don't blame you for having onions piled. They're piled. I mean, it's bad. Yeah. And it's like, when shall I do that? In between history and math? Or yeah. or I could do it right after school, right before dinner, mm-hmm. in between emails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there have been homeschool years in the past where I was like, you know what? We can't really school in the fall because we got stuff going on on the farm. So mm-hmm. we'll just be one of those families that schools in like the winter and the summer because those aren't as busy. And will not school on fall and spring. And then I was like, well, those are actually kind of like they're all busy. <laughs> they're all so, busy. I know. So the think- result of that was we just didn't school, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You think there's a workaround and then you get to summer and you're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> We're not schooling. Yeah. When, yeah. I mean, when you have a farming family, I think you do have to accept to some degree that your your school schedule is not going to look like you're not farming neighbors school schedule. No way. No. And that because we get insecure, um mm-hmm. it's very easy to see what other people are doing and be like that's what I'm supposed to do. They're not farming. And so mm-hmm. we have to sit with being okay with knowing that there's work to do on the farm that our family has to participate in. It's it is all hands on deck, especially this time of year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So crops coming out of the ground is a really big one. I mean, what else do you got? I mean, I just brought in all the cabbage. Okay. I haven't done any sauerkraut or anything yet. They're just in crates in the cooler. Okay. And um, I have like enough kale to pre- prevent scurvy for half the world. Mm-hmm. I have so much kale. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I don't know if I'm going to like. 
dehydrated. I hate blanching and freezing things. Listen to me. <laughs> maybe I don't enjoy. Well, maybe you don't <laughs> enjoy having a farm. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I do. Um, there's just a lot, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of kale. I don't want to waste it. So I want to come up with some creative. Basically, I just like to, I just want something I can throw in, uh, you know, like with a coal cannon, like with potatoes yeah. or something this winter or. Um, like I would just chop it and freeze lentil it. Lentil soup. Yeah. I wouldn't even worry about blanching it. I do that. Yeah. Um, I always feel guilty. I was like, there's no I rules. I should, I should quote unquote. If you be, could do uh, what you want. Blanching this. I did that one year. I just froze leeks. Like you're just going in a bag. Yeah. Like I'm just going to use you for flavor in like a leek potato soup, right? Saute. So yeah. Sometimes Mm -hmm. with uh, big crops, like I have a real bumper crop of collard greens and I just will give them to the chickens or give them to the cow and think it's not a total loss. Like they're getting vitamins. They're getting minerals. This is a Mm -hmm. good thing. It's not. I love giving my animals treats from the garden. Yeah. I'm like, I'm bringing you something. Yep. Yep. I know. It is. It's mm-hmm. really fun. There's still a lot. Um, I was kind of freaking out the other day thinking we're probably two weeks, two and a half weeks away from our first frost. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean like a deep frost, but like it's coming. And there's still so much in the garden that I just, I need to go out there and basically just like rip a bunch of stuff out. I need to harvest all my carrots still. I need to harvest all my potatoes still, which I is- I need to do my potatoes. I did my carrots. Okay. They were amazing. Good. They were just amazing. I was just giddy. Have you ever successfully done a second round of carrots? This year. <clears throat> really? Yeah. I actually went three you- rounds this year. No way. Yeah, well, but the you third start, round- like- The third round won't be ready until next spring, mm-hmm. but- the idea was, you know, they're like, yay big. Mm-hmm. Then you molt, you put a bunch of stuff over the top to protect them. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have spring carrots. It's always my intention mm-hmm. to do two. Mm-hmm. It never happens. It's always my intention to do a second round of uh, cabbage too. Never happens. Well, that's because you need to like yank these crops out as soon as they're done. And what we like to do is they look beautiful and full. So we like I know. To sit it there and looks look like I have a garden. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the cabbage head makes me happy. Oh, yeah. It oh, my makes- goodness. Yes. All lined up like little soldiers. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I am um, feeling that frustration of I went out into the garden to get some stuff for supper and went out there and it, it is. It's just overflowing and it's just beautiful. And for all the work that it takes and just the hot, stupid, hard summer days. Mm-hmm. To go out there in moments like that and see your work and see the beautiful bounty that you created, I want like I want to bring it all in. I want to like have just baskets of stuff on the counters, mm-hmm. and then I want to photograph it and I want to enjoy it. And then I can't find when I can do that. <laughs> I know. I I feel that I had this beautiful, huge basket. First of all, I don't know if I told you this. I've been on a basket bender. My antique basket collection is pretty impressive at this point. They're big, they're sturdy, they're beautiful, they're weathered. Mm -hmm. So I had this basket and I lined it with French newspaper. I'm like, I'm going to take a picture of my peppers for next year's magazine. I'm going to be ahead. This is beautiful. All different colors and sizes and shapes. Finally, (laughs) you know, enough days go by. I'm like, Probably should just 
preserve those. Probably <laughs> should just put those in the vinegar lest you all be eaten alive by fruit flies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. All those, uh, you know, because the garden is for it's artistic. It's beautiful artistic fodder. And you do you bring it in and it it wells up a lot of emotions because of everything that's behind that. That harvest, no mm-hmm. matter how big or how small the, from the, the, um, excitement of the first time you seed shop, you go seed shopping over the winter to getting the seeds to just the like tranquil moment of just you're in your greenhouse and you're just putting them in, you're getting ready, you're planning. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many feelings and memories be behind the, the produce sitting in front of you. And so you want, for me, like taking a picture of it or whether mm-hmm. it's like a really good picture or just a snap for Instagram, like, I want to do that. It's special. But then time eludes me. Yep. Mm -hmm. It does. It's you're always trying to prioritize. And, you know, we often talk on the farm. Inevitably, we end up getting to the point where we just put out fires, meaning what fire is burning that we have to put out now at this moment. And that Mm -hmm. immediately becomes your priority. And then inevitably the cabbages who are just happy to happy to just squat in their spot and look beautiful mm-hmm. then they end up going a little bit too long <laughs> yeah but little it sluggy. is sluggy little got a little sluggy mm-hmm. uh we're currently in this space where we're trying to get all the chickens out of the garden if you guys have listened to the podcast for any length of time you know a few things about me one my kids' bedrooms are the bane of my existence, and the other bane of my existence is my chickens. <sighs> Here we are. So I paid my children one chocolate chip per chicken, <laughs> and they are out there with a salmon net catching these chickens. So the great our, chicken roundup. That's it's what the I call great, it. the great chicken, chicken roundup. roundup. Mm-hmm. And mind you, some of it is already in vain because. We spent all last Saturday, our, you know, quote, free day, building a chicken coop. Oh, yeah. And it was miserable and hard. And my hands are just calloused and my fingers are like man fingers. (laughs) And we're bending wire and stapling things in and screwing stuff in and pulling fence and it's just mm-hmm. extremely hard labor to to run a farm. I mean, just physically, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. But we got it all enclosed. Their new area that's way far away from all the gardens. We've got one four foot string of um, really nice, thick, tight, gauged wire fencing up. But now we need to do the one above that. So it's actually going to be an eight foot wire fence. Mm-hmm. And... That's the last one that needs to be done. So anything that I knew wouldn't fly over the four-foot fence has been caught and put in, such as ducks. Mm -hmm. My ducks don't fly over my fence. Right. Or my cute little cochin chickens with the little Mm -hmm. fuzzy feet. They don't -hmm. don't try to jump. Anyway, so that's been a huge undertaking, building a whole new chicken coop and a whole new chicken run. And for those of you who have free-range chickens, good on you. I am, you know what? This is what, this is so perfect example. Let me tell you about this. My chickens have destroyed much of my things because they make dust baths in my garden beds. It's what they do. I go out there today. I find a few little lambs here that have self-seeded. So I go dig them up 
transplant them to a better part of the garden. And my cat, George, sees me do this. He comes over to the plant. He pulls it out with his paw, digs a hole right where he makes the hole bigger, poops in it, and then covers it up. I mean, this all happened within a 15-second window. Yeah, and you're just watching. You're like, really? This is my life. (laughs) This is why I'm constantly frustrated. Someone's just going to come around and crap on it. That's great. That's symbolic in so many ways. It is. It's symbolic. Yesterday, (laughs) yes, I got crapped on yesterday. (laughs) Literally. By what? A chicken. (laughs) So I (laughs) I told you my my flock is like half free range, half stays in the giant run. I mean, the run is so big. It's huge. Um, so they I told you they I think I said this a few weeks ago, they perch on the rafters in the barn mm-hmm. right over the milk oh, yeah. stand. Yeah. So I'm out with my cow night before last. I hear the release, the liquid release, and a split second later I feel it hit my back. Uh, oh, gross. <laughs> all the kids saw it. They all looked at me like, she's going to blow. <laughs> oh, so freaking disgusting. disgusting. No, um, and that's just, that is farm. That's it. That's farm life, man. Yeah. Keeping them alive so they can poop on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I got a good one. Okay. Speaking of gross things, well, okay. Fast backwards. Wow. Fast fast backwards. Wow. (laughs) Last Saturday, I told y'all on the podcast Mm -hmm. last week, our ram was sick. So animals do this thing on the farm. You should know this in case you're going to start one. (laughs) Where when they're sick and you're nursing them, quote, nursing them back to health, they will always go through a period of giving you hope. It's like they'll go downhill. You bring them home. You nurse them. Oh, no, 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 no. And then there's hope and it's working. And the things that I'm doing are helping and they're actually going to recover. And then they plummet and die. There have been very, I mean, I can count them on a few fingers, the amount of times that we have actually nursed something back to health. Mm-hmm. And it's not for lack of trying or lack of expertise. It's Typically, when animals go down, they die. Stay down. They yeah. stay down. And this ram did exactly this. We did our very best. Friday, he was standing up, eating, drinking, pooping, kind of almost his normal self. Saturday morning, he was down. And you do get to the point through experience where you know how long something's been down and if it will recover. So we go out there Saturday morning. And we know, we know what we have to do. And I just said to Stu, can you just mercy kill him? Like it's part of our job as his caretakers to know when to do this. And, you know, what's one of the questions I get asked a lot, and I'm sure you do too. How do you kill the things? How do you eat the things that have names? You know, how how are you around death? Mm -hmm. Uh, Why would you want to expose your children? And those are complicated topics. They're elaborate. And of course we have opinions on them, but I will say it's never easy. No, I cry. 
Yeah. I cry every time. I cry when we kill ducks. I cry when we kill our roosters. <laughs> um, I don't like it. I don't enjoy it, but I'm willing to do it. Mm. And this was one of those moments where momentary hard for ultimately the greater good of the animal. And so that was, you know, quite a way to start your Saturday is killing your prized breeding ram that you right? just paid a lot of money for. That you just got last year or whenever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the fall. No. Yeah. In the spring. I think we sorry. both got in the spring rams right about the same time. Yeah. yeah. Big loss. Really big loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and following that, after this episode, no one's going to want to start a farm. Come to find out, one of our chest freezers had failed. Oh, and sh- did I not Jay. tell you this? <laughs> that is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> this one, this was an outside one. It's not one that we actually keep, m- wait for it, meat in. Okay. But it had probably failed a month ago. I hadn't oh. opened it because I had no need to. Yeah. So what was in it was bones for stock uh-huh. and our steer's hide that we were going to tan. I don't know if you have ever smelled such things after a month of summer temperatures. I am not dramatic and I don't get grossed out that easy, but I was dry. No, but that's just that is it's uh, it's yeah, that is that will make you sick. It's putrid. We overuse that putrid. This was that's actually actually putrid. Yeah, it was so vile. But there was it's one of those things like, is somebody going to come up and do this? (laughs) Right. No one's coming. No one is coming. No one's coming to save your ram. No one's coming to clean out your chest freezer and no one's coming to build your chicken coop. So if you want to be a farmer, now's the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I said this on the show. Oh, yeah. Nobody's going to want to farm after this. (laughs) I went out to Milkfern for the first time last week (laughs) and... Back teats looked really full. I was like, oh, that one looks really full. Gave it a squeeze. Pure cottage cheese. Oh. Just. Why don't you unpack that for for people who don't know what you're talking about? We would like to thank American Blossom Linens for not only being our favorite linen company in the entire world, but also for sponsoring season eight, Make Your Bed of Homemaker Chic podcast. AmericanBlossomLinens.com. Use coupon code Homemaker Chic 20 to get 20% off of your new bed linens. As we head into fall, as we redress our beds, and as we celebrate this theme of making your bed even more beautiful, we want you to do so with American Blossom Linens. Whether you're looking for beautiful modern vintage sheets to dress your bed, or a new duvet cover, or a new pillowcase, this is where you need to grow. This is the only 100% American-owned linen company in the entire United States. This is a family-owned company that's over 100 years old, sourcing the most beautiful Texas-grown cotton and weaving them into sheets that are made to last a lifetime. Visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com, use coupon code HOMEMAKERSHEAT20 for 20% off of your new bedding. We get asked a lot how we care for our skin and what kind of makeup we use. And the answer is simple. We use Tubes & Co. I want you to visit tubesandco.com and use the coupon code HOMEMAKER. This is your one-stop shop for all things natural and organic. 
from face washings, you have to check out the charcoal bar to glow serums, which is probably the most beautiful thing I've ever put on my face. Emily has created all kinds of wonderful products for you to utilize on your skin. So whether you're looking for a new foundation, a natural mascara, cruelty-free and additive-free lipsticks or blushes or eyeshadows, Tubes & Co. has what you need. Visit tubesandco.com. Make sure you also try the frankincense tallow balm while you're there and stock your bathroom and makeup case with pure, beautiful products from Tubes & Co. That's tubesandco.com, coupon code HOMEMAKER. We'd like to welcome House of Tokumen as a sponsor of the show. You can find them at hotrugs.net. If you are tired of throwing your money away on cheap rugs that do not survive your lifestyle, then you need to dress your home in hand-woven rugs from House of Tokumen. Did you know these beautiful vintage handmade rugs are known to outlast their plastic counterparts by two decades all of the House of Tokumen rugs are heirloom quality and made from the finest cottons and sheep's wool. Buy directly from their website and always enjoy free shipping in the continental U.S. or enjoy custom sourcing from a one-on-one -on -one buying experience. You are guaranteed a one-of-a-kind rug, no fake antique rugs, machine-made copies, or replicas. Shay and I love our rugs from House of Tokumen. We know that you will too. Visit House of Tokumen at hotrugs.net. That's hotrugs.net and dress your home in beautiful rugs. The Elliott Homestead Cooking Community is a sponsor of Homemaker Chic Podcast because frankly, homemakers have to cook. This is for home cooks out there who would love some new inspiration ideas and motivation in the kitchen. Each month, you'll get five new recipes shipped to your door or to your inbox, whichever you prefer. Recipes will range from entrees to side dishes to desserts to sourdough breads and everything in between. I'll also guide you through the month's recipes with a long, in-depth cooking video showing you new skills and encouraging you as you give these recipes a try in your own kitchen. And lastly, you'll be invited into our exclusive community of like-minded home cooks where you can ask questions, share your successes, and gain inspiration from women just like you. The Elliott Homestead Cooking Community is here to inspire and nourish your family with whole food recipes, price-conscious recipes, from scratch recipes that are designed to enjoy. We're going to teach you to bake. We're going to teach you to use sourdough. We're going to teach you to ferment things and to try new ingredients. Visit cook.theelliothomestead.com to join as a member today. So uh, this cow, she's a she's a producer. She'll, she just um, had a calf about three weeks ago. And so I gave two weeks just to let them do their thing. And then I get to swoop in and get my milk. So I told the kids, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get milk for pancakes. It's my first milking day. I'm feeling all bucolic and mm -hmm. milk matey. Mm -hmm. I've got all the romantic charming. vibes. Charming. I love my Fernie so much. And um, the, you know, calves, they don't like pay as much homage to each teat equally. Mm -hmm. And apparently this one hadn't been touched. And uh, so the milk, it like, it like coagulates almost. It's like curds and it whey. It curdles. Yeah. Yeah, it curdles. And the, the udder and that quad gets really swollen and inflamed. And um, yeah, it was just like I had to just milk out a pile of yellow curds and put her on medicine. And she's still not right. I don't know that. I mean, I talked to the vet today. I don't know that we'll get any milk out of that mm. quad this year because like, yeah nothing's coming out. I can get about 
a quarter of a cup after yeah. like oh, warm washcloths and massage and like working it. It's just yeah, bad. It's so sad. And I feel really bad. I'm the farmer. I didn't notice. Yeah. I didn't notice. I just thought, well, that that's a big udder because it's a huge udder. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, if I probably could have caught it a day and a half, two days earlier. Might not have been so bad, but really depressing, really gross. And it's caused, you know, it's been a lot of extra work now for the last week because I'm trying to work it out and administer medication and that's no fun. So I finally just waved the white flag this morning. I'm like, I'm calling the vet. Nothing's working. Uh, so he said it'll just take a while to work out and we might never get anything out of it this freshening. So mm-hmm. it sucks. Mm-hmm. But she's healthy. She's eating. She's, you know, there's like three stages of mastitis. And he said she's like second stage. She's not sick mm-hmm. per se. She's still happy and pleasant and eating and drinking and affectionate. But yeah, pretty buzzkill buzzkill <laughs> okay let's share some let's share some positive stuff but it's, it is worth knowing um you know there are moments and this is true of life whether you're farming or whether you're doing mm-hmm. anything else mm-hmm. there are the romantic sweet beautiful moments like when you get your morning espresso and you walk out into the garden and mm-hmm. you see the cow in the pasture and the sheep are grazing and the rooster crows and the roses are blooming and you think oh it's all worth it this is Gorgeous. It's all it is. And worth it is. It. And it is worth yeah. it. Somehow, yeah. it all ends up being mm-hmm. worth it. I think the tricky thing about farming is it does tend to show you where your weaknesses are and where you haven't mm-hmm. done a good job. Yeah. You know? And like, that that is uh that's very humbling. Yeah. Like her, yeah. It's very humbling. So with her um being swollen like that. That was very humbling. It was a very busy week for me, extremely busy. I didn't have eyes to her like I should have. Yeah. And and it, now it didn't dawn on me because this is only my second year owning a cow. Everything went just fine last time with the calf. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I'm the, I, it's ultimately my responsibility. And that's an icky, that's very humbling mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. It is. Um, I felt the same way with the freezers. I've been saying for since we've had chest freezers, I need to get alarms on these. Mm. And this one had one, but it was like, bah, bah, bah. it was like, no, I need you like a siren. <laughs> right. Wah, <laughs> this wah. is like a dr- <laughs> alert on the other side of the property, like up in the yeah, shop. Yeah. So I didn't hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is frustrating. I mean, there was an instance a couple weeks ago when. The sheep, well, I guess this was a few months ago. The sheep were all here. The cow was here. Rockstar here left the gate open. There's one rule in farming. It's you always check the gate. You go out the same gate that you came in and you shut Mm -hmm. the gate because animals Mm -hmm. can smell it a mile away. If you didn't chain things the right way or you missed something, they will Mm -hmm. find it and they will exploit your weakness. So we ended up chasing animals all through the orchard, you know, like oh my gosh. for no reason. It was complete yeah. lack of wisdom and mm-hmm. mistakes happen. You know, it's inevitable. But um, yeah, the farm just has a way of like punching you in the head and being like, hey, you made a mistake. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I did, didn't I? <laughs> I did. You're right. 
<laughs> Quit beating me up, please. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the uh, the yummy stuff, the beautiful stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, we well, the chickens, <laughs> despite them pooping on me. Uh, I mean, I'm I've got eggs. I've got so many beautiful eggs and I just it's maybe cliche. I've been raising chickens for a long time now, 10 years maybe. Um I never tire of it. Mm-hmm. I'm the the gratitude in that you experience when you're holding a warm egg. It's heady. It's heady every time. It's it's amazing. I've got so many eggs. I'm freezing them. Excellent. Uh, we just hatched, had a broody hatch a whole clutch, and they're just so cute, running all over the place. Um, I put the ewes in with the ram mm-hmm. for the fall, and they're already doing their thing, which mm-hmm. makes me thrilled. Which means little lambykins this this spring, mm-hmm. and so there's you know just that that cycle of just like. No, none of the chickens are molting. Everybody's just going crazy. I have yeah. extra. I can take, put it aside, knowing that the sheep are going to be a bless, continue to be a blessing. There's good, good, goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting ready to harvest six. Actually, we'll harvest five lambs now because we'll end up keeping one of our rams. And, uh, one of our old ewes, she's been with us for – my ewes are pretty old now. Eleanor I got mm. when I was pregnant with Will, and she okay. was a bottle lamb. So I was okay. – I have a great picture of me with a huge belly bottle oh. feeding this little lamb. And so she is – how old is she now? Seven or eight? Seven mm-hmm. and a half. So she's pretty old, and Noelle's even older than her. Noelle looks like a very well-seasoned ewe. So I love when animals animals age so um sounds silly just so naturally like you can yeah. see I'm an older animal my Valentino goat he's just dignified it's like mm-hmm. I'm Uncle Valentino out here on the farm he's got a little beard yeah he's polite you know yes yeah Noelle looks she's skinnier you know they tend to be a little bit more plump and a little bit just more plump is the best word I can think of when they're younger. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. hold their weight better. They're just a little bit thicker. And then as they mm-hmm. age, they tend to get a little bit fairer boned. <laughs> fair boned. <laughs> Noelle's so wonderful. She's given us mm-hmm. our most beautiful lambs ever. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep her son this year. And we're, he is now going to be our ram because he is, uh, I'm going to call him Brad, I think, because he reminds me if Brad Pitt was a ram, <laughs> this is what that would look like. <laughs> of course. Of course, it's Brad like, Pitt was a ram. You, I want your jeans. I like those. <laughs> right. So she is now going to become Cece's companion, and she will not be bred. She will get to just live out her days, just being a little companion sheep for Cece. <laughs> nice. I tried to do. I we put our sheep in with fern this year. Um, I didn't realize that sheep weren't really responsive to electric fence. That was fun. Yeah. They've got yeah enough padding to make it not that effective. Yeah, they just walked right through it. That was yeah. that was great. Yep. Um, we're going to um, have someone butcher young sir, and I'm super excited about that because I have this deep, deep affection for red meat. Yes. <laughs> just yes. profound. 
I can't wait to have a freezer full. And he's big and obnoxious and he just needs to go. He's beautiful. He's very he's very affectionate. But like the other day, he got so riled up. I'm like, are you intact? Mm-hmm. Did we just miss something it's when possible. we did that little procedure? Because you are one randy, jazzed up little punk. Yeah. Like bucking, frolicking around. He looked like something at a rodeo. He was all worked up about something, galloping back and forth. You need to calm down, son. <laughs> you need to calm You down. need to get in my freezer. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, putting meat in your freezer from your farm, there's just, I mean, that's why so many people slave, and it doesn't make sense. When you look at it from the outside and you think, why would I do that when I could just go buy beef at Costco, I could Mm -hmm. just go get my vegetables from the store, it makes no sense. And it doesn't. Yeah. And yet it does. You're in it. And yet it does. And you put that beef in your freezer, or you butcher Mm -hmm. a chicken, or you just go get your eggs- or you go get a basket of herbs, you know, whatever size of farm you have, there that will spur you on to do it all over again, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. on the really bad days. Yep. I tell people, like, there's no money saving. No. <laughs> there's no. no money saving involved. People are like, oh, are you self-sufficient? I'm like, no. Nah, not even we're close. Not. But um, it's quality control and so much better mm-hmm. tasting. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. It is. It, there's Does such it an, worth it. Such an enjoyment to it. And, you know, we talked a couple episodes ago about how just being on the podcast and being accountable and sort of giving yourself this permission to just not stay the same, but to continue to grow and to continue to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that has impacted, I know, the way that I do things in my house. And because I know you, I know it's like changed the way that you do things in your house. Yeah, And I feel sure. like the farm is kind of the next sort of step for that for me. Um, yes. Where there's still the a lot of breakthrough. Things. Yeah, like, the next breakthrough. There's still yeah. a lot in the house. I mean, there's always going to be stuff in the house. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at the farm and just thinking, all right, I'm here for it. Like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what's... How are we going to take that same idea of, of making your bed and showing up and not hiding things underneath, mm-hmm. you know, but like mm-hmm. really making it a place of blessing and enrichment. And mm-hmm. um, thank you, American Blossom, by the way, for sponsoring season eight, Make Your Bed of Homemaker Chic. It's so relevant in so many ways. Um, but yeah, the farm kind of being the next, the next step of that and sounds really stupid unless you understand what I'm talking about, but like getting the chickens all rounded up and into the chicken coop, into a fresh run, Mm -hmm. it makes me happier than if somebody gave me all the money. Yeah. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. Well, I think too, both of us, um, both of us had properties that weren't necessarily farms. We turned them into farms. And we're each now, since starting the show, a year and a half longer on these properties that we're turning into farms. It takes a long time between fencing, we're clearing forest, you guys are building buildings. Um yeah. that is that that momentum there is nothing instant. This is not an hour long TV show. That momentum takes a long time to finally feel and I am I feel like that on our property like we're like just the snowball is just about to get going outside. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this um, 
commitment or work ethic or whatever we've been experiencing via the podcast, the influence of our even our own show, like just breaking through into mm-hmm. the keeping the driveway clean and keeping the feed bags in the dumpster instead of wrapped around a tree. And, yeah. You know, like I can't, I have a lot of anticipation about, about what that's going to do to the property and the way we do things and the, the farm being organized and things happening the way they should. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. It's just another area where we get to grow. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to stay the way it is. It's going to grow. Right. And I think that makes me very excited culinarily mm-hmm. because ultimately I love having my beautiful flower gardens and, mm-hmm. you know, that's for my soul. But so much of the labor that we put into this space is for our nourishment. It's right. so we can go out and grab a bunch of vegetables and just have a beautiful breakfast of garden veg and eggs and some home cured bacon and all the beautiful things. Mm-hmm. And to me, it adds this level of enjoyment to an otherwise very average and ordinary experience. Something like eating breakfast or eating lunch. It takes it to such a degree that, you know, when you're savoring every bite of food that you're taking and you know what goes into it, there's like this, this nourishment that happens not only to your body then, but also just to your mind, to you mm-hmm. as a person to say, mm-hmm. hey, you did a hard thing and you followed yes. through and you did it and here's yeah. your reward and it's a tomato. <laughs> yeah. And it's like this extra layer of depth. I mean, I think that people that do garden and raise animals, and it's another facet to what makes them Interesting. I mm-hmm. love hearing people talk about their growing methods or their whatever they're doing to get a, a bumper crop of this. Or I'm still a novice with animals, I would say, even after eight years or whatever. I love learning about how to care for animals mm-hmm. because I'm, quote, not an animal person. I never was. Like this whole like having animals in my life, it still feels it feels so natural now, but it still feels very new. I love to learn things. Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, yeah. Yeah. I think you kind of have to, if you want to farm, you have to love mm-hmm. the process, uh, which Stuart often reminds me of. <laughs> like Process. If, if you're doing this to just, <laughs> to just get to the end and achieve mm-hmm. the thing and like, look, I got my eggs. Um, you, you're not only depriving yourself of a lot of wisdom along the mm-hmm. way, but mm-hmm. You know, a fox comes, eats all your chickens. You got to then decide if you're going to start over. You know, I've lost a milk cow. Um, She was with me for four years. And I mean, I wept. It was like losing a dear, dear friend. That was awful. It was so awful. That was really awful. Um, Anyway, so I but I remember like I remember having to decide that hurt. Do I want to do that again? Mm-hmm. Do I want to, you know, open myself up to that again and the possibility that that happens again? And not only just the emotional sadness of it, but, you know, you're, you're, I was milking when I was pregnant. I was milking when I was nursing. I was milking when Stu had to leave at six o'clock to go to work. You know, we were milking. Stu left me in the hospital when I was having a baby when he had to get back and milk. I mean, like mm-hmm. we had 
revolved our lives around this creature um, mm-hmm. for so many years. And it's it's hard when a hailstorm or a Japanese beetle or <laughs> mastitis or a raccoon or like yeah. Yeah. an owl. We had an owl take out six ducklings you, last week. Didn't you – I think when we first became friends, didn't you have an owl swoop in and just kill like a ton of birds? Do you want me to tell you, you this come, story? Let come me- out to carnage. I remember this. This is an old – this is like seven years ago. This is an old story, you guys. Listen yeah. to this. We had the stomach flu, my family. We were all up all night barfing, just sick as dogs. I was super pregnant, so every time I barfed, I peed my pants. <laughs> it was awesome. It, it was really it was great. Gift with purchase. Yeah. And when everyone else started barfing, I took a bunch of activated charcoal, like, please don't barf, please don't barf, please don't barf. So I don't know if you've ever vomited up activated charcoal, but that's way worse than just throwing up. <laughs> zombie movie your teeth are black black. (laughs) anyway we have to milk five o'clock comes we have to milk and so i go down there i'm vomiting between you know squirt squirt vomit kind of a thing the smell everything was just so bad and i walk up we have 50 meat birds in a pen and i walk up to feed them And I see a bunch of bodies. Walk closer and there's an owl in it. There's an owl in our pen. It can't get out because the pen is netted because we knew the owls were a problem. And overnight, that owl killed 35 chickens. Decapitated. Head bitten off. Head bitten Mm -hmm. off. Didn't eat the bodies. Mm -hmm. They never do, bastards. They just, just, he just clipped 35. And these ones were due to be butchered in about two weeks. I don't know if you've ever mm. raised chickens for butcher, but that is so much money. Money. That's so much money. It's an astronomical. I mean, there is a reason an organic chicken is $30, people, and they're doing you a favor. Yeah. And I put like, about, we were about at the $25 mark at this oh point in their, gosh. In their uh, yeah. size. And the worst part was, was I would have gone in and butchered them and just been like, you know what? You died last night. I know that. We'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You didn't die from disease. Somebody cut your head off. Here we are. But I was I know, so Shay, we you can so do a sick. lot, but you can't have the flu and butcher a No, chicken. we were so I mean, there's adapt sick. and overcome and there's just, no. <laughs> we no. contemplated it. We contemplated it. And then we were like, this is a loss. This is. <sighs> and it's yeah. at that moment, again, where you have to just... Are we doing this? Are we going to do this? And you know what? I will tell you, there are things that we have decided that we are not doing. That doesn't mean we don't know how or that we don't desire Mm -hmm. to, but we don't desire it enough to do it again. Yeah. Well, you don't raise pigs anymore. You did that for a long time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Chickens were another thing. Um, We've got a great source and I will give you my $30. And yeah. I'll eat less chicken. <laughs> Here I, we I, are. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, uh, ducks fine. I'll raise ducks. Yeah, but chickens, I just I'm like so over the raising of the meat chickens. It's a ton of work. Mm-hmm. They're very. It's very unenjoyable the process mm-hmm. to me. Butchering lambs, I enjoy the process of. It's the meat is beautiful, and I I enjoy the process. That might sound weird, but I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Packaging it all up. I do not enjoy that with chickens at all. Don't enjoy plucking them. I don't enjoy gutting them. I don't mm-hmm. enjoy any of it. And 
maybe there will be a time when we we go back to that. But mm-hmm. for now, uh, we sort of just butcher our roosters. So a lot of our hens hatch their own chicks and we get a bunch of roosters. I probably have, I don't know how many I have, a couple dozen. Mm-hmm. Don't want to butcher them. I like that. I But I like the like sustainable is totally overused, but I like the old timey feeling of butchering the roosters. Yeah. You know, that's what they did. They're yeah. not going to butcher a hen and they weren't going to the feed store and buying 30 meat birds. They would just butcher the roos. Well, that. and that's kind of the thing about meat chickens. It was one of the pieces I really didn't like about it was I got to go online to one of these two or three big warehouses that'll sell me the mm-hmm. right kinds of chickens that I want. They're going to ship them mm-hmm. in the mail. A bunch of them are going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, they're unhealthy when you get them. And it, I mean, it's yeah. just like this snowball of like, there's nothing sustainable redeeming. or like <laughs> yeah. redeeming about this yeah. process. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, for all those resources that we put into just doing this and getting the grain imported and all the, I could have just bought a chicken and it probably would have helped someone else, someone else way yeah. more and yeah. actually probably taken less resources. Yes. Yeah. So it's good though. I mean, you only learn those things through experience. So, mm-hmm. um, and there's plenty of other beautiful things to take the place of the things that you choose not to do anymore. Yes. So, um, well, I kind of have some exciting farm tasks be- once I can get outside. Okay. Because I do have a bunch of little plant babies and I've had some in the years past, but never like this. Wait, wait, wait. Perennial plant babies? Yeah. Yes. Does that count as farming? Yes. Because if it does, yay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have do. so many. And then I've got anemone and Veronica and all different kinds. The anemone of- you're sending me. Oh, this is the first year my anemone has like done that, done the thing that they say it does. And hmm. there's probably not a flower that's more beautiful to me than an anemone. Japanese well, anemone. Just, yeah, it's so it's so you're mentally preparing yourself for the wind down. And then the anemone's like, but I'm here. And it's I'm my time. Beautiful. And I'll sway I love it. in the breeze. Yes. And mm-hmm. The little round, perfect pods. And I don't yeah, want to yeah, waste yeah. any of it. This is how I'm feeling right now. I don't want to waste a sage leaf. I don't, I don't want to waste a plant baby. I don't want to like, I want it all under my roof, protected and loved and utilized. Yeah. And so on my to-do list is to go through and to dig up all these little babies and pop them on. And just hang on to them. And then in the spring, we'll move them out to where they belong. Wonderful. <sighs> my uh, Shortly, my rafters, or rafters, beams rather, in the kitchen will just be a sea of everything. Mm-hmm. I, herbs, yes. sage, sage, and more sage, different varieties of sage. Yes. All the sage. Yeah. Yes. And here we are. And my antique baskets. <laughs> Well, we hope this episode didn't scare you away from farming. <laughs> promise you. There is good. How many times did Ange say, I hate doing that? <laughs> there is I really don't. Good to just, be at. <laughs> it's hard. I don't really. It I'll tell hard. you this. I don't really like gardening in the summertime. I don't like it. It's hot. And it's hot. Horrible. Um, but this time of year, it does come back. And I'm ready for, you know, mums by the front door and corn stalks tied to the posts and if I can muster the energy, I'll do it. Oh, yeah. I have uh, 
peppers and mums and yes. like a purple fountain grass by my front door. Just those little tiny purple peppers, yep. those little decorative ones. Yeah, the ornamental. I love those. Love them so much. Yep. Okay, so we're going to be back on Thursday. Yes. With fresh homemaking fodder for you. Uh, if you caught last week's show, we did a show on menu making. If you missed that, you definitely need to catch that one because it was highly requested. And we kind of unpacked our menu making methods. And we also shared six of our favorite recipes with our patrons. So visit patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast and become a patron. You can enjoy video versions of the show and you will automatically have access to the PDF of those recipes, six recipes that Shay and I are making for our families this month. And thanks so much to American Blossom Linens for being the sponsor of season eight. Make your bed. I love that concept. Mm -hmm. Using a made bed as sort of a litmus test for how things are going in the Mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. Really. Thanks so much to American Blossom. And you can visit their website, AmericanBlossomLinens.com. And we have a coupon code, HomemakerChic20, for you to enjoy 20% off of their uh, Texas-grown organic cotton. Completely start to finish from seed to your bed made in the United States. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. I put fresh sheets Sound on good? my bed. It was everything. Even Stu got, got a fresh last night. And he was like, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I have a fresh stack sitting here. It's just washed, so ready to go. So yeah. All right, ladies. Well, we hope you okay. guys had a have a great Monday. And uh, thanks for showing your love to Homemaker Chic. We're glad to be here with you. We'll see you Thursday. Cheers. See you Thursday. Cheers. <laughs>